you can be the guide to people, they're going to follow you and you can take them where you think they need to go. It starts with showing them empathy and helping solve their problems. Welcome back to, this is the Christian Podcaster, and this is the official podcast of Christian Podcasters Association. Everything you need to help build your podcast, start or grow your Christian podcast, whether you're a show that does has explicitly Christian themes or a Christian who's just doing a podcast, Christian Podcasters Association is for you. Uh, we are here to help you uh, bring the gospel to your niche. That's what we want to do. We This is exciting. We have a, a guest today. He's become one of my uh, favorite people to follow, particularly on TikTok. But I interviewed him for my show, which came out yesterday, by the way. I don't know if I even emailed you that because I was resting, but it came out yesterday and uh, it's on, on halfway there. And he's here with us again today because his expertise is something that I know every single one of us podcasters want to uh, know about. And we want to, we want to learn and we want to learn the good ways to do it, not the bad ways to do it. So we're going to ask him about that. Um, our guest, so he has his own uh, design and marketing firm, Corona Designs, and he runs two podcasts, Unlearning Youth Group and Unlearning Church Staff, where he helps people work through their deconstruction in a way that leads to the real Jesus, not just a deconversion or out there in the in the ether, right? You maybe know some of those people. So our guest is Jonathan Corona. Jonathan, welcome to the Christian Podcaster. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you. I'm glad that you are here. And uh, like I said, you are one of the people doing some uh, cool things that I think are really relatable and that I I want to hear. So we're going to talk definitely about TikTok a little bit because that's, I think, where I'm most familiar with your content. But um, we're also going to talk about a few other things. So tell us a little bit more about your business and how you help churches and what you do with marketing. Yeah, so I am a what's called a story brand certified guide. If uh, you follow Don Miller, he start he wrote the Building a Story Brand book uh, six seven years ago, and uh, I'm certified in that program. So I help people. I say market themselves in a more ethically way, ethical way, and what that means when I say it like that is most businesses, churches, nonprofits, podcasts, whatever it might be they tend to market themselves as like, Hey, you should pay attention to me because I'm great. And this is great content. So you should, you should just come along or our church is so great or our business is so great. Problem with that is people are the hero of their own stories and they have their own desires and wants and needs and problems and all those things. And they see you doing your thing and they're like, all right, that's cool. I'm glad you're doing it. But how does that help me? And people in general are, emotionally invested in their own lives and care more about what's going on in their life than they are with what you are doing. So what I do is I help churches, ministries, nonprofits, denominations, whoever it might be, I help them position themselves as the solution to their audience's problem. And when you do that, you position yourself as the guide, as the not the solution, hero, and that makes people their want to follow you because you're actually helping make their life better and solve their problems. And when you can, you can do that, when you can build trust that way, and we can get into how you do that. But when you build trust that you want what's best for the person you're trying to lead, they'll follow you wherever you want to take them. Oh, that's so good. Trust. So it's all about know, like, and trust, right? And I think that is one of the things I'd really love for us to 
maybe talk about a little bit more because I don't think, um, at least I don't talk about it enough probably, that it's really about the trust that you build with your audience uh, so that they know that they can, they can and should listen to you. Yeah, and the difference between someone who plays the hero and someone who plays the guide, the hero talks about how great they are. They only talk about their authority. They, they position themselves mm -hmm. as the ultimate authority. You can think of people on Instagram and other social media platforms who always talk about their authority. The guide, however, they have authority, but they display empathy along with that authority. They show that they understand what you're going through, where you're at, and that they've been there themselves. And since they've been there and they have now gotten out of that hole, they can show you how to get out of it as well. And that's the right. person you want to follow. You don't want to follow the guy who's just thinks they're so full of themselves. You want to follow the person who's been in your shoes and wants to help you get to where they want to go. Right. Yeah. Which is really, really powerful. So you have to do that with your podcast content, right? Yeah. So I, unlearning youth group is a great example of that because I am talking to a lot of people who have been hurt by the church who have bad church experiences, who maybe are questioning their faith. And my ultimate goal is I want to lead them to Jesus. I want to lead them into what I think the real Jesus of the Bible is calling us to. And to do that, I've got to not only acknowledge my past church hurt and my bad experiences that I've had, but I've got to step into and acknowledge the pain and this understand uh, all the things they're going through now as well. So I can't be the person who just um, shrugs off the problems in the church. And unfortunately that means that sometimes I have to talk about some of the negative things more than I like to talk about them. I would rather talk about some positive stuff, but mm -hmm. in order to hook people in and to show them that I understand where they're at and I understand their frustrations, I understand their doubts and their questions because I've been there myself. I have to first talk about those things so that I can then take that shared experience and lead them to Jesus through it because he is how I got out of those experiences. So I don't mm -hmm. want to tell them like, you should just believe like the, the Bible is the ultimate <laughs> authority. You should just believe. I was like, no, like, I get it. I got my own questions, but here's what I have found. And then we can talk through that. And I got a message from, we had a comment on YouTube this week from a girl saying that she had been having the same questions that we've been talking about before she found the show and hearing us talk about them. And so for those who don't know my show, what we say every week is that we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group, find the good, unlearn the bad and figure out where the heck we go from here. So we find the good in it, but we also acknowledge the bad. And mm -hmm. so far this season, we've talked about a few different things that are uh, pretty universal experiences to a lot of people. And she had, this girl had already been thinking about those things. She heard our show and she said, now that now she's more invigorated to follow Jesus again. Mm -hmm. And, we never would have been able to connect with her if we didn't first talk about the bad things going on, which was showing empathy to right. people going through that. Yes. Okay. That's really good. I love that empathy. Um, and cause you know, you and I have similar, um, I think desires with our show because one, one thing that I, one reason I started halfway there the way I did is cause I wanted to point people to 
the dark night of the soul and say, hey, when you're in this season, which we can call deconstruction or whatever you want, but when you're in that season, um, it feels like God is absent, but he's not. And so God's people have been going through this for millennia, right? It's all over scripture, um, certainly in the Psalms and other places. And the the trick is to get through it, right? To in a in a way that you where you end up on the other side with a different relationship with the Lord than maybe the one that you started with, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. That's that things can change, but you got to maintain that faith. I love that. Okay, so that's a, maybe a different topic. Um, so you mentioned earlier the ethics, like share their show ethically, and I think sometimes some some of us think that marketing and ethics kind of are opposites right it's not it's not if i'm asking people to watch my video or hear my content and uh, that maybe i look a little self-centered or not so is that true and then um how would you maybe reframe marketing for us maybe it goes back goes back to the whether you're the hero or not but yeah how would you reframe that so i would i want to rephrase your question a little bit I would say that feel, that sleazy feeling of self-promotion is real, but it's not true. It's like you're not being self-centered. One of the things that helped me, I think it came from Dr. J.J. Peterson who said this. I, I think I'm attributing it right. But he said, if you have something that you believe will help someone, you have a moral obligation mm-hmm. to tell them about it. So when you think about promoting your show, are you promoting it to get the word out about what you're doing because you're excited about what you've done and you just want to talk to people and you want people to follow you? Or do you have something that you think will help make people's lives better that will help enhance their day-to-day experience in some way? It could just be like, maybe you have a comedy show and it's going to be lighthearted and take them away from the hardness of life. Yeah, you're helping people there. And if that's the way you can frame it, that's what unlocks self-promotion for me because when I used to blog, Mm. I hated promoting myself because I thought, like you said, I I thought it felt yucky and sleazy. And once JJ said that and it clicked and I realized that, no, I think what I'm doing is helping people. And if it's the people who it's not helping, they're just going to keep scrolling. They're not going to think anything less of me. If I frame it as me being the center of the story, yeah, they're going to think I'm self-centered. But if I can position it as legitimately wanting to help people, then they may not be interested, but they're not going to think I'm self-centered. Yeah, right. That's interesting. So that really speaks to that fire in your belly, right? I think in, in a lot of ways there is, the question is, what are you what are you creating your podcast for? Is it for someone to help? This is why I think we got to do. I heard somebody call it an X Y Z statement this past. That was Mark Asquith, I think, um, at Captivate this week. But there, I forget what uh, Donald Miller calls it. But th- that statement, right? Your your value proposition. I help this person uh, do that so that they can whatever. Right. Yep. And if you have that, if you don't have one, friends, you should. You, that's the formula. It's not like it's a secret or anybody. Yeah, Don, is Don calls it the one liner from there you uh, go. from Hollywood movies. It's okay. essentially problem, solution, success. Yeah, people have this problem. Sure. I have this solution, so they they can experience this success. If right. you can because frame really, something, problem, solution, success, you can communicate to anybody anything. 
Right. Right. Because you're really offering a transformation that Correct. they actually want, which I think that also is sometimes we think that it's clearer than it actually is, right? That, well, I just, I'm offering people the Bible or I'm offering people Jesus. Well, yeah, but that's not the thing they feel, right? So yes, but you got to, you got to dive in a little so, further. Eric, let me interrupt you with that a little bit. Do so it. one of the things I tell my church clients all the time, for those of us who have been raised in church, we have been taught that Jesus is the hero of the story since Sunday school oh, yeah. back with the flannel, flannel graphs. That's true from the Bible's perspective. But the thing that I always go back to when I'm working with church clients is your discipleship plan is not the same as your marketing plan. And you have to get people into your marketing plan so you can get them into your discipleship plan. So yes, your story, your podcast may be about the Bible. It might be about pointing people to Jesus. But unless you can take that and relate it to the real problems of their real life, they don't know that Jesus is the answer yet. Mm -hmm. And unless you just want to talk to other Christians, even then you've got to like, why do you stand out above the thousands of other podcasts doing the same thing? Because yep. sorry to burst your bubble, but you're not special. None of us are. What unique thing can you position yourself as that you're helping solve a problem in their life? If you can get that right in your marketing, then you can get them into the show where you then disciple them. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. I like that. So give us your basic marketing strategy and then maybe what is your weekly routine for promoting your podcast? I stumbled into this um, about a year ago. I was posting some clips on TikTok. I had no following whatsoever. And a couple of the clips got, I think one episode we had 20,000 views in a week on TikTok on like two or three different clips. And I got a, I got a bunch of people following me there. And I'm like, oh, let's, let's post show clips. Show clips are what it is show clips wasn't what it was. It just so happened that those show clips were. And so my regular routine is, so we do seasons. We're eight weeks on, eight weeks off, eight weeks on, eight weeks off. So while I am in season, uh, I do show clips. I do one show clip a day on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I don't get much traction, so I don't try very often there. I will occasionally. But Instagram and TikTok are my two places. I'll do a reel and a TikTok that are show clips, but on TikToks, especially I'm making auxiliary content around the same principle. So for example, we did an episode and did the Bible actually say, love the sin or hate the sin. So what I did promoting that was I took a trending sound on TikTok where it said, find it in the Bible, find it in the Bible. And I did that, put some text on the screen and it got views and a bunch of con comments on it because people wanted to argue. And so it'll be, it'll be things around that, or I see things that other people are talking about that might fit the same topic. And I stitch that and right. get my opinion with it. So it's show clips. Yes. But also giving the content in different ways because ultimately, so and I do this off season, go ahead. Well, you do one, so you would do one every day. Is there a mix of those? Like, what do you, wh which one? So how many show clips versus how many? Uh, I do two or three TikToks a day. 
um, just to stay okay. consistent. And, well, and I only do it Monday to Friday. I don't, I'm not on TikTok on the weekends. Um, but I'll do one show clip a day. If I can, I do one auxiliary thing a day that's on the same topic. And then I just do, I do one thing that is the overall idea of our show in general per day. So I, for, for today, I did a TikTok on youth pastors and th there was a new report that came out what youth pastors were getting paid and it's not enough. And so I did a, a TikTok on how many, like why we're not reaching the next generation. We're not investing it. So it's getting youth pastors involved because what we found out was that there's a large amount of people who work in student ministry who listen to our show. So I want people like that to find me too, so that eventually they'll start listening to the show. So right. some of it's the long game. Maybe they'll listen to the episode this week. Maybe they won't. So I'm promoting this week's episode, but I'm also promoting the general idea of the show as well. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And you're doing it creatively. So Sarah wants to know what your TikTok is. So is it just Jonathan Carone? It's at Jonathan underscore Carone. There you go. All right. So look for that. Actually, I, I love the way that you do it. And I often respond to you because you ask really insightful questions or you say something and then I want to add to it, which is what is really powerful about TikTok when you can start to um, have those conversations. You're basically creating this loop where you're responding um, can be really, really good. And here's the so thing about like TikTok that. that most people don't get, especially if you're not TikTok native. That's a good way of nice way of saying not old um, <laughs> or if you are old. Well. Um, TikTok is the one platform of all the social platforms that by default shows you to people who do not follow you. Facebook, yep. Twitter and Instagram default to people who are following you. TikTok defaults to what's called the for you page, which is just an algorithm of videos that TikTok thinks you will like. And yeah, some of the times people you follow are in there, but you're constantly in front of new people. So if I look at my analytics, it's something like 75% of my views come from people who do not follow me. Wow. That's awesome. So it's a way to get your, your stuff out there to new audiences every single time you do something. Right. Which that's the beauty of it. And I think the other place uh, is YouTube, which I found out um, this week at uh pod fest from Rob Walsh that they've confirmed that YouTube doesn't mind a static image with your audio on it. So if you were doing that, it's actually not not as detrimental as you think. So we've been doing um, YouTube shorts this season. Yeah, YouTube shorts are great too. And if you make a TikTok, put it that there and make it a real. Uh, if you can figure out how to download it without the watermark, that's helpful as well. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I haven't figured that out. So maybe you'll have to teach me. There's a few different so, apps that you can do it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So how? So speaking of TikTok, how has TikTok influenced your podcast? Because you're doing all this. That's primarily where I have um, interacted with you, like I said. And you've seen some success there as well, right? Yeah, so I had a video. It was a show clip, actually. hit like It's at 40,000 views at this point. It blew up a week or so ago. And it was about rapture anxiety. We did an episode about uh, is the rapture really a thing? And we talked about it. And I posted a clip where rapture anxiety has now become a and a recognized form of religious trauma. And wow. the comments to that were incredible. They were incredibly sad first off, but we we're in the planning mode for next season right now. We're trying to figure out what we want to talk about in our next season. And 
there was a common thing that kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up, that people who had this rapture anxiety also talked about how they thought they were going to have to uh, deny Jesus or be shot because the Columbine, she said yes thing because of the Jesus freaks book about martyrs that came out in 99, oh, yeah, all that stuff. Yep. It all happened in the same like 18 month span. And so one of the things we're planning to do now is we're doing an episode on that martyr syndrome from the late nineties, early two thousands. So we can talk about that next season. And that we had thought about that before, but seeing that type of response on TikTok, just that we didn't even bring it up, confirmed an idea that we had that we like, so now we know we're going to have interest in that episode next season. So what it's allowed us to do yeah. is we look at comments that people have on our content. And if we start seeing threads and recurring themes, okay, that could be an episode. So right. we're not we're not crowdsourcing it by asking them, but we're taking what we see and creating content that hits that felt need that solves a problem people are facing so that we can then take that and position it back to pointing them to Jesus. Yep. Yes. So I think what's great about that is what you're doing is you're listening to your audience. Yes. Right. So friends, the most important thing you can do is be where your audience is. So in this case, they're on TikTok and they're responding to Jonathan's TikToks and they're responding to you, to your episodes. That uh, is is awesome. But then what Jonathan does really well is listen to what they're saying. It's okay, let's build something around that because clearly there's some momentum there. So with your show, where's the momentum? If you, you know, if you're not hanging out anywhere, I don't care if it's Clubhouse or it's Facebook or it's Twitter, wherever your audience is, hang out with them and ask and find out what questions they have. Cause that's going to be kind of one of the, one of the main keys for connecting with them. Right. Absolutely. Really important. And your show will grow. That That's, you gotta, gotta think about who they are. Okay. So the other thing that you do that I wanted to make sure we had a little bit of time for is you build websites, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I think that every podcaster should have a website for their podcast. And I know, I think you do too, because you have one for each of your podcasts, right? And for yeah. your own business and for yourself. So, uh, what is something like, is it, does, does everybody need to have their own pot, their own website and what should they be have on it? There's, it's hard to say a general rule of thumb about across the board. Everyone should do this. Should you invest money into a podcast to have some or a website to have someone build it for you? I don't know. I, 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 if your website's, if your podcast isn't making you money, I have a hard time telling you to invest in paying sure. someone to do it. However, most of your podcast platforms have some type of website built in that you get the good ones, at least like a, I host with Acast, and technically I would have an, ACAS has a website option that I could use. I could throw a URL on that and point my website to there. And it's built into what I'm paying them every month to host my podcast. But to say that, like my podcast or for unlearning church staff and unlearning youth group, all I did was put a header image on there, put the podcast feed in there. And um, I think each one of them has like a contact form or something like that. So I went super basic because what I know is there's a certain demographic and it's not age-based, it's just type of personality based who doesn't know how to use podcast apps or they don't go there first. But my sister 
who is 34 years old, she doesn't do podcast apps, but she would listen to some of my stuff because she can just click on the website and listen to it there. So you want to have that available for them. If you want to go more in depth, you could do a, an, a blog post for every single episode and post the, the audio there with a description. You could even go as far as putting a transcript there. And that's great for SEO purposes. It all depends on what your goal is. Like Eric mentioned a minute ago, you need to be yep. somewhere. You need to have right. a place where people can go to find your stuff. If that's a website, awesome. My audience, that's on TikTok. So the, re, the what we use our website for is if people want to buy merch, if people want to send in a youth group story, or if they want to contact us in some other way. That's what it's there for, for the most part. Social yep. is where our audience is, so we use that. Um, the other piece of a website that I don't do this personally, we haven't gone there, but if you're just starting or wanting to make a big, a big increase, your email list, mm -hmm. that is your website's the best place to capture emails. That's and right. what I think a lot of people don't realize is that right now the current stats are showing us that Facebook pages are only getting pushed to one to 5% of the audience that, um, that follow the page organically. Right. So one to 5% of the people who like your page are going to get your posts. Email lists, if they're decent, get 40 to 60% open rates. Right. So if you are really wanting to keep your stuff out in front of people and social's not your thing, or TikTok's not your thing. Your email list is the best place to get it out to the most people. And to to do that, you're gonna need a website for them to sign up at. Right, you need some place for them to go. So this is, I've been talking about this a lot more recently, but this is kind of the basic underlying idea. What you really want is you need a place for your for your everything to live, your content, that people to access you. It's probably best if it's your name or your podcast name. Mm -hmm something like that. But then everything else is like a spoke out from it, right? So your social media, your email list, everything goes out and kind of makes a wheel. And if you do that, um, then you can send the traffic to your website and that's where you get your email, you know, signups, you offer your, um, you know, your lead magnets and all those kinds of things. So the place that I really like, and it's fairly inexpensive if you, it's free, but then you, if you want to have your own domain name, it's only $9 a month is PodPage. So we do have an affiliate link uh, for PodPage for CPA. So you can try that out there. Um, super inexpensive, easy to use, right? So even if you, like, you don't need to have somebody build you a website, you can have, you can create one yourself. There are this enough options out there. You can get something, right. if you just invest some sweat equity in it, that's right. You can get something made. That's right. So they are out there. You don't have to pay a ton of money. It can be very inexpensive, but I do recommend a website. Okay. What do people need to have on their website? Obviously there's an email sign up. What else? Your feed. You need to like, yep. if, let Your people episodes. listen there. Uh, we talked and, a little bit a minute ago about the one liner. Mm -hmm. Have that on there. Yep. Whatever your one liner is, the problem solutions. Most people experience this. Our solution is this, so you can experience this success. If you have if you have email sign up, audio audio listing, which a lot of places like I don't have to update mine. Mine automatically updates every single week. Right. So you have that your email sign up, 
your socials and your one liner. That's all you, that's the basics. If you want to do the blog post thing for SEO purposes, that it's a little bit extra, but you you can, but the basic website, you can go to unlearningyouthgroup.com or unlearningchurchstaff.com and you can see both the sites that I've made for my shows and they're pretty basic. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So again, it doesn't have to be overwhelming, right? It can just be enough to give some people some information. I think it's a good idea to, so you're like your one-liner is connecting with your audience so they know what it's about and why they are a good fit for it. Um, I think it's a good idea to have an about page and even a contact page, right? So yeah. have, so have it, some way for them to reach You don't even have you. to have the about page if you don't want. You can just have that on the main homepage, like okay. meet our host or something like that. There you go. And it has your name and your bio there. Uh, when you give your bio, people don't give a crap about your whole story. They want to know how you can help them. So position <laughs> right. your bio, right. show some authority, but make sure you're showing empathy so that you know where they're coming from or they right. know where you're, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they want to, they need to know enough. Yeah. That's one thing I loved. And Don, Donald Miller does talk about this in building story brand is it shouldn't be that much, right? It should be enough right. that you're saying, okay, this is something I've accomplished, but that's enough to just make people go, okay, I get it. Right. I get who, I get who this person is, but then take it right back to how you actually help them. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. So like if you go to jonathancurlin.com, which is just my catch all for all the crap that I do, the bio, hi, I'm Jonathan. If we haven't met, nice to meet you. Everything I do is to try and help you make a, make you better and more successful at whatever you choose to do, whether it's your business, your church, or your personal life. My goal is to help you in any way that I can. In fact, that's the mantra I live by. Be nice, work hard, help people. Below you'll see all the things I do. If I, you ever need any help, feel free to reach out. I'd love to meet you. Yeah, perfect. All right, what's the number one mistake people make when it comes to their website? They talk about themselves too much. They position themselves as the hero and they think yeah. people want to hear their story or all this stuff when your mom might want to read your story, but your podcast listener wants to see how you can help them. If you can position your story in a way that is about the person you're trying to reach and how that helps them, then by all means, tell your story. The other thing is, so websites, this is a copywriting trick. People don't read websites, they scan them. Mm-hmm. So if you are writing either in your emails or your website in large chunks of paragraph text, ain't nobody going to read that. You need headlines, you need short two to three sentence paragraphs, and you need bolded places where people can scan. If it's too much of, too much of a chunk of a text, they're not going to read. Um, one statement that I live by both website wise and podcast wise, there's no such thing as too long, only too boring. And (laughs) if you are boring people on your website, they're going to check out. If you're boring people in your podcast, they're going to check out. You can have three hour episodes if you're interesting, but if you're not interesting, people are going to check out. So position yourself in a way that helps people say just enough to not be boring. Wow, that is perfect. Say just enough to not be boring uh, and and connect to their needs. Jonathan, I think that's fantastic. And that might be a great place to stop. A great place to see what Jonathan is talking about is his website, jonathancarone.com. You can go check him out there. He, of course, uh, we've mentioned all of these, but unlearningyouthgroup.com, unlearningchurchstep.com, Carone Designs. But if you can just go to jonathancarone.com, you can find everything uh, that Jonathan does and connect with him there. Jonathan, I think that's fantastic. Thanks for helping us out a little bit with our marketing and with our website. Um, is there anything you want to leave us with? 
be the guide. If you can be the guide to people, they're going to follow you and you can take them where you think they need to go. But that starts with showing them empathy and helping solve their problems, not making yourself the center of the story. I love that. All right, friends, thanks for listening today. If you want more of this, Christian Podcasters Association is for you. Speaking of websites, Christian Podcasters Association.com. Go check that out. All of our memberships and services are available there. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, man.